Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There has been an awakening. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Have you felt it? The Riley and Kimmy Show. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. Hey, I am proud of this technological terror I have constructed. Right next to me is a person we asked the question, is she a Jedi Knight or a Sith? Kimmy, I got one name. Get it. I am wondering. Why are you here? Well, you're here to talk about Star Wars with us, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're here to talk about the world that's about to uh, open up for some people. I mean, think about it. There's some people who've never even seen Star Wars that might be seeing Star Wars for the very first time. Yeah. Well, we have something special, by the way, if you're an old fan or a new fan of Star Wars. We have that on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Powerful you have become. The dark side I sense in you. Oh, yeah, I've been accused of that, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is a very special episode. We, uh, we won't be fighting or anything with it, not at all. We, uh, we're we're going to be talking about an auction that's going to be happening in the northern part of Florida this coming Sunday. The Emperor has been expecting you. That's right. Happening this Sunday, December 13th in Jacksonville, Florida. It is an auction, a Star Wars auction. Matter of fact, this just isn't just any Star Wars auction. This is the great vintage Star Wars auction. And this thing is huge. It's it, it, I've been privy to this for a little bit of time, talking to the show promoters. Now, it's happening at the Ramada Conference Center in Mandarin, just outside of Jacksonville. And the auction is, uh, well, some will say is out of this world. They have tons of photos of what is going to be available. We have those available right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And you can check those out at any time. Now, one of the things is we really want you to go to this auction. We really do want you to check out this nerd thing. I mean, it is going to be nerd and geek fun. Do or do not. There is no try. That's right. No try. Do or do not go to this auction. Now, if you need a little bit of something to decide whether it is do or it is do not, we have a great way, and that is by listening to one of the show promoters. We have a guest on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. We have the privilege and honor of having special guest, collector, Star Wars nerd, Ed Tucker, joining the Riley and Kimmy Show to tell us about this really big, huge, giant, vintage Star Wars event happening in Jacksonville, Florida this Sunday. Ed, welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? I've, I've had a lot more people call me a Sith, I think, than uh, a Jedi. So, oh, really? So you... maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I, I, usually, there were other words attached to that, so I, I, I think they said Sith. I think that's what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so I could call you Darth Ed, I guess. There, there you go. Are, now, are you no, gonna... well, actually, we're referring to our uh, auctioneer as Darth Rick. We actually uh, published a photo of him on Facebook wearing a Darth Vader helmet. So. I saw that. Now, are you going to wear the robe and Star Wars robe and everything? 
I, I don't know. We'll, we'll probably uh, do some kind of uh, Star Wars thing just to uh, get in the mood for it that day. Maybe wear some uh, T-shirts because we have some really neat T-shirts that we're going to be giving away as door prizes. Oh, get out of here! So, really? I didn't yeah, know this. Well, we're Man, we're making this a little more of an event, even more so than an auction, because, you know, we have the 501 First Legion, the Stormtrooper guys who do the screen-accurate costumes. We'll right. be there to, to meet people and to pose for photos and stuff. We're going to give well, obviously, your show will be there. And, you know, I've been telling people, bring bring your Star Wars memories. Be ready to talk to them about with, uh, Riley and Kimmy. So they know that. But then, yeah, I mean, th- this is the kind of thing that not only will we have stuff for everybody's budget, but we're also you, you can come in and not bid on anything and still win stuff if you want to. Now, now so, I mean, you can walk out with something for free. This is so cool. Now, I'm going to ask what kind of auction this is. Now, here's how I'm going to. I think people realize there's like two kinds, and I'm not call, uh, counting the electronic auctions, the you know the eBay's and and those. Is it is it like the hoity-toity auctions we might have seen that you know in the big auction houses? Uh, where you hold up the paddles and things with the numbers, or is it like the the auction ones where you know you might you know just raise your hand and have a ticket in your hand that has a number on it? How how's this one going to work? More like the latter. People when they sign up, they'll actually be given a little uh, cardboard ticket about maybe the size of a third of a sheet of paper, and the upper part of that will have their number written on it because they'll need to hold that up so we know who's. Uh, lot to add that to when uh, they win it but then it'll also have like a little list on there if they want to keep track of what they want at the auction it'll be something very simple like that this this is not going to be one of those with secret signals and uh, all those other sorts of uh, weird things this, this is just a, a good old fun for everybody type auction now is there going to be proxy bidding mean somebody can call in by phone and stuff like that we are allowing that. We've told people we will go ahead and allow people to sign up either by phone or online. But we're not. There are certain types of auctions that you can do now that operate similar to an eBay auction, where you actually can bid and see what's happening uh, live online. But it's actually going on live at the same time. We're not doing that. We actually had uh, talked to someone about the software to do that, but we decided for this particular auction we would not. But if people want to send in email bids, we'll certainly proxy bid for them uh, the day of the auction. Wow. And we'll also, if they want to call in on the phone, they can do that as well. Wow. Now, just out of curiosity, I don't want you to name every single item that you have. I know you have a lot of them. I'm just uh, out of curiosity. Some, I was wondering, what is the biggest, I don't mean the most expensive necessarily, the biggest item, the largest item, something you know that somebody needs a little bit of space, either in a pickup truck or SUV. What's the big item, like something like that, you might have? Well, I, I don't know. There, there was the possibility, and I'm not sure this is going to come through, but there was the possibility that we might get consigned a life-size speeder bike. Oh, no. And, and by that, I mean, I had never heard of this before until somebody told me about it, that they'd had one, and I looked it up. But apparently back in the mid-'80s, there were Star Wars swing sets. They were like, you know, your typical swing set you would have out in your backyard, only they were Star Wars themed. Wow. And one of, one of the swings was shaped like a child-sized speeder bike. Wow. So this this thing was about four feet long with the uh, you know the uh, guns that stick out from the front and all that stuff, and it looks just like a scaled down version of what you saw in the movie. So we're trying to find out right now if that can be shipped into us for the auction, but we're not sure if they're going to be able to do that in time or not. We'd have to save that for a future auction. Oh my goodness! Now, but that that would have been the largest thing with that. So you are still doing inventory. I, that's why I'm taking. You're still doing the inventory. Thing. <laughs> 
we, we, we literally are, you know, it's funny, Patrick, we, we first said, okay, we're going to cut everything off December 1st. And we just kept getting more and more stuff. Then we said, okay, we're going to cut everything off on the 6th, which would be one week ahead of time that would have been yesterday. And it's like I, I just talked to my partner, John, tonight, and we've probably got another half a dozen boxed items that are being added into the auction because this stuff just keeps showing up from everywhere. You have no. I'm. I'm, I wouldn't be wrong to state that you do have items from the original Star Wars release, the first, you know, episode four. Correct. In in all honesty, I would say that ninety-five percent of what is going to be in this auction on December thirteenth will be items from the original trilogy, nineteen seventy-seven through nineteen eighty-five. Ninety-five percent. Wow, and that that's got to be probably the largest anybody could see. You know, outside of a museum, I would think all that together, right? I mean, that's just you. You don't see that at toy shows. You don't see that at collectible shows. I mean, I I don't. Not that not that volume, right? I mean, well, you're probably talking. I, I would say close to 200 watts, just with what we oh. know about right now. So, I mean, it, it would be like if you combined several uh, dealers that dealt strictly in vintage Star Wars at a larger toy show, you might come up with something along the lines of what we'll have there now and my is there a chance i'll see let's say older star wars apparel or star wars uh, a lamp as an example or other things that were star wars oriented outside of the toy lines is there other things that'll be there that are star wars oriented well there are a few things like that i know for one that i found we have a return of the jedi belt oh get out of here because, you know, at one point in time, Patrick, there was everything Star Wars. I've actually recently looked through a collection. This is not stuff that will be at the uh, show, at the auction, but uh, I found a, a pair of Star Wars skates. That's roller and skates? I, I have no idea who came up with that, but I, I would say you can name just about any item you can think of, and there was probably some type of Star Wars tie-in for it. Whoa. Now, I've never seen that so, before. Uh, the, the, there were toothbrushes. There were I don't know. Do, do you remember the Dixie Riddle cups? Yes, yes. That they used to. Have, that there was the same company that made those made a Star Wars cup that was the same size and consistency, but instead of riddles, it just had scenes from Star Wars on the outside of it. And, and but yeah, so the, the, there, there was just about anything you could think of. But most of what we're going to have there will be the traditional things that people are looking for, like the action figures the vehicles, the play sets, that type of stuff. We also have what is shaped up to be an absolutely incredible selection of movie posters. Oh. For this. Really? We have a Star Wars style A one sheet, which that's the image that most people associate, the one with Luke holding the lightsaber over his head, yes. Darth Vader in the background, the rest of the characters around him. We have a similar style A 40 by 60 which, as the name implies, that's 40 inches wide by 60 inches tall. So you're talking about large items. That's a pretty large item. That was consigned to us by someone who had been a movie theater manager back in the 70s when that came out. And he's had it since then. And I don't know how much you know about movie posters, but, you know, most posters, when you think of them, are printed on a, a paper that's maybe about the thickness of a magazine page. Correct. That they do. So, you know, it's very easy to fold those up, unfold them, you know, and if you really want to get fancy, you can iron out the wrinkles and everything and have them linen back and stuff like that. Well, the 40 by 60, because it's so much larger, they're printed on more of a card stock. 
So it's more of like, say, something along the lines of a three-by-five card, maybe even a little bit thicker than that, maybe about the thickness of the back of a spiral notebook, that kind of cardboard. So if you take a poster like that, and some people do for some reason, and fold it up, the fold lines become permanent. It's permanent damage to the poster. Oh. So you know, and, and, if yeah. you find them like, there's, yeah. there's really no way to get those out. You just can't do it. But, the, and there's also the other thing about those is because they're so large, there were far less of those made than the standard one sheet, which every movie theater had frames that, you know, they just dropped those posters into. Well, not that many uh, theaters used the, the larger ones like the 40 by 60s. This particular one is, I've taken a look at it up close, and as you know, I'm a movie poster collector, so I've got to look at all these things. And the edges of it, there is some wear from it having been rolled all these years and probably sat on one end or the edge or the other. But, of course, obviously nothing that gets into affecting the actual image. But this thing has been rolled for, what are we talking now, almost 40 years? Wow. So it's it's never been folded. It was it doesn't look like it was ever used. I mean, there's no, you know, tack holes or anything like that that it indicated that it, it would you know been adhered to a wall or anything. So in that respect, it's in really good shape. And I, I was quite surprised to see that. That that uh, that's probably the rarest one you've ever seen, right? Star Wars oriented. Ah, uh, well, you know. I, that's debatable because okay. let me tell you. In addition, in addition to that, we've also got a style A and style B Empire Strikes Back one sheets. Oh, we have a style A Return of the Jedi, which is the one with the uh, hands clasping the lightsaber. That's the the more common one that you see. Right. But we have been consigned. I'm sure you know the Star Wars fans out there know, and you know that what was the original title of Return of the Jedi? Return. Uh, it was uh, Revenge of the Jedi. Correct, sir, uh, for $500 on Jeopardy. And, uh, you know, Lucas decided at the last minute to change that. Well, there was a, you know, Return of the Jedi premiered in 1983, but teaser movie posters were sent out in 1982, beginning in 1982, to promote the fact that the film was coming out the next year. And those first posters that came out were under the title Revenge of the Jedi. And you and we have, all we have one of those. We have an advanced poster for that with the Revenge of the Jedi title. I've taken a look at it. It's a hundred percent original. Whoa, that so, well, yeah, that is that is worth just looking at to see. If not, I mean, if you can't afford to bid on, it, I mean, that is that is that that is really cool. I mean, that's big nerd moment there. And and that really, you know, speaking of a big nerd moment, that really took me back in time because I remember walking into our local Wimetco Theater. And when you walked in the front door, his office was maybe, you know, 30 feet in front of you from where you walk in. And over to your left, there was an advert, you know, a little thing for posters advertising what was coming. And they, it held two movie posters. And I remember, I can still see it to this day clearly, even which frame it was in, seeing that Revenge of the Jedi. And as soon as I saw that poster again, I went, oh my gosh, I've seen that before. <laughs> you know, and, and, the one, and the one that has that image on it, it's like a shadowy picture of, of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader uh, battling with the lightsabers, you know, that's the only poster that used that image. Wow. A lot of times, you know, with the smaller films, if they had to retitle it, they would have just taken back what they had, had somebody, you know, switch out the title on there, and it would look pretty much the same except for the different title, but this was the only time that artwork was used as well. 
Wow. I, I look forward to seeing that one. I mean, that, that, that's, that just sounds gorgeous, and you know, it proves it was Revenge of the Jedi. A lot of people will scoff and say, oh, no, they weren't going to name it that. And it's like, yeah, that was what the original working title was. Well, at least if you think about it, that's actually a more apropos title for the film than Return of the Jedi. Correct. And some, you know, some, it's, yeah. not, it's not like Luke had been away for 50 years. I mean, you, you could call uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens more likely Return of the Jedi than you could that one. Yeah, you, you're exactly right on that. That Well, we'll see what happens with this auction. I have, Do you think that'll be like the highest item, or is there going to be some other items that you cannot possibly talk about right now that'll be even higher, that'll go for a bigger amount? Well, you know, it's been my opinion, Pat, or been my experience, Patrick, that Star Wars fans are, are kind of fickle in what they like and what they want to spend money on. And, you know, it's like any collectible. Sometimes the rarest thing is not the one that goes for the most money or, you know, uh, something that's uh, you know, uh, maybe more collectible, even if it's not, you know, hard to find. And I can say one thing that we've got that's really nice that I was looking at the other day. We have a boxed Death Star playset. Oh, boy. You know, and if you remember that from being a kid, I mean, it's a pretty large piece. That was like a three-story little playset wow. they had that had the, you know, the ion cannon and all the way down to the trash compactor at the bottom of it. And that was a very common piece because it came out early in the line for Star Wars, and they pretty much manufactured those almost all the way through the whole run of the series. But it's also something very popular. It's something a lot of people had. It was not, you know, it's, it's kind of a frail That's thing to, yeah. get, to get broken very easily. So, you know, kids just played with them hard. I mean, I know I did too. So, you know, to have one of those nice in the box, you, know, you do see them pretty regularly, but when you do, people snap them up. They don't, they don't stay around for very long. So that that's a really nice piece that we've got. We've got some rare figures that will be there. If you're, if you're familiar with the uh, lineage, if you will, of the Star Wars figures, you know, it started off with the original 12 from Star Wars, which was you know, Luke and Darth and those figures. We have a set of those being sold complete in one of the original little rectangular cases. Now, these are all the, the, Ken, the, these are the Kenner figures, correct? Correct, the okay. three and three-quarter inch. Okay. So that, that's the whole set of the original 12, but of wow. course, those are very common because they made those 12 figures the entire time they were making uh, action figures for, what was that, eight years wow. that they did that through 1985. And so, uh, you know, they're common, but it's also, you know, those are the ones that everybody remembers having the most. You know, if you're getting back into it, that's where you want to start, that kind of a thing. Now, this goes all the way to the opposite end. The very last run of figures that they did were called the Power of the Force figures. And at that time, the sales were dropping off, so to try and boost the sales a little bit, when Kenner repackaged a lot of these older figures, they included a collector's coin okay. with them. It was a metal coin about the size of the silver dollar that had a graphic of the particular character on one side, had the logo of the film that they came from on the other. It was a nice little coin that came with it, but of course they were only available in this last run of figures. So we have about, I'd say probably eight to ten of those coins that will be available by themselves. We also have that there was the, the very, very last of the last figures that they did are referred to as the final 17. 
and generally speaking, they're considered to be the rarest figures of the line because they only came out for approximately one year, and that was it. And it's kind of a mixed bag for what you got in there. Some of them were the more uh, well-known figures, like there was a Luke Skywalker uh, in the Battle Poncho from Return of the Jedi. There was also a Luke Skywalker in the Stormtrooper armor from Star Wars. There was a Han Solo in Carbonite which actually came with the figure and then a little carbonite shell that you could put over him from Return of the Jedi. So uh, and that that one, we actually have a carded Han Solo. Get out of with here. Carbonite. Wow. So yeah, and it's got the coin and everything on the card, never opened. Now, so, that, that was really nice. Now, mentioning the, the carded figures, and I'm sure you, you probably have some of the 12-inch and maybe a little bit later on. As well, I mean, that was really they weren't released, if I remember right, not during the first wave or the first. Uh, uh, can't remember if they were part of the first uh, trilogy or not. I know by the the second trilogy they were releasing, you know, twelve inch Luke Skywalkers and twelve inch, you know, Emperors and and Vaders and stuff. Um, Actually, the the Patrick the twelve inch figures kind of bridged the gap between Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, okay. Empire Strikes Back. They were never as popular, I guess, because they were a little bit bulkier and, of course, you know, as kids, more expensive. So okay. you had to look at that and say, do I want one 12-inch figure or five three-and-three-quarter-inch figures? Right. I think, I think you and I both would have gone for quantity over uh, quality. <laughs> but uh, so Kenner did not put those out for very long. They did mostly characters from the first uh, film. You know, they did your your typical, your Luke and Leia and Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper and okay. uh, those type of figures. Pretty much the, the same as the, the original 12, except I don't think they did a Sand Person or a uh, Death Star Commander. Okay. But other than that, that was your, your basic 12-inch figures. Then as they were uh, moving over into the Empire Strikes Back line, they did a Boba Fett figure, which is highly collectible because you know, everybody loves Boba, Boba Fett anything. <laughs> and then the rarest of the 12-inch figures was the IG-88. Oh, really? Like if, you, if you remember, he was the silver kind of droid-looking uh, bounty hunter that was seen for a couple of minutes in right. uh, Empire Strikes Back. So yeah, but he was the last one that they made. He was you know, a little bit larger than the rest of them because you know, scale-wise, he would have been a few feet taller. So uh, he was the last one made. They did not make many of those, and we do have one of those. Whoa. Loose. Whoa. Now, that is really nice. Now, we're talking, you know, primarily we've been dealing with the, the first trilogy. Do you have anything from the, the the second trilogy, you know, Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, uh, Return of the Sith? I mean, is there any <laughs> items? Or, or is that just frowned upon because, you know, it, it, it's not that collectible? Well, I, I won't say that. You know, we don't have anything from that. There may be a few oddball little things here and there that turn up. But, you know, honestly, this is, this is something that, you know, we talk about, Patrick, with the, any type of collectible. When the Star Wars films came out at the time that, you know, you and I were growing up, the toys that were made were just that. They were toys. I mean, you bought them. You, you know, you were lucky if they stayed in the package until you got home. Usually you opened them in the car, and sometimes you lost the, you know, the Jawa's blaster in the car, and it was never to be seen again down somewhere in the upholstery. You know, and, and that was what happened. You bought those to play with them. Your friends came over, and you played Star Wars. And, you know, things got worn and chipped and uh, scratched and beat up and everything else, but you had a great time, and that was the idea. So the fact that, you know, whatever has survived from that time has survived is really amazing. And the fact that anything exists that's still on the card 
like the figures is just, I mean, I, I don't know how that happened. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just, you know, I, I think things happen where, you know, old stores close up or whatever and things turn up later on when people, you know, they're, they're not in fashion anymore, but people know to keep them on the card. So, you know, anything boxed or packaged from the original 77 to 85 is, you know, they're just not that easy to find. Now, flash forward to the second trilogy, when that came out in the 90s, you know, collectors and speculators and everybody else were lying in wait. You know, they had gone out to Toys R Us, they had dug a pit in the parking lot, they had covered themselves with sand, and as soon as those first trucks were loaded in, they pounced on them and everybody and their brother bought 10 of everything that they made on the card and kept it mint. So most of those have been sitting up in the attic, and it's really not too difficult to put together, you know, a complete set of carded figures from that line, even now, you know, what it's been a decade later. Now, wasn't QVC kind of uh, guilty of that, uh, you know, with that second, with the second trilogy? If I remember right, right before that started, you know, like Phantom Menace, they were, they were unloading, or not unloading, they were selling a lot of Star Wars product, and kind of well, hyping up that it was going to be worth something, you know? Yeah, and, and, well, you know, they played on people's beliefs. I mean, it was obvious by that point that things from the original trilogy had become quite valuable. But there again, the value was based on the fact that you just, you couldn't find that stuff. I mean, you, you could take a million dollars right now and say, I'm going to go out and put together a you know, collection of all the figures that were released meant on the card. You could probably do it eventually with that kind of money, but it would still take you time. Wow. You still have to find stuff out there. You know, it's not, you're not going to get on eBay tomorrow with that amount of money and come back with everything because it's just not there. Wow. Now, speaking well, well, speaking of speculation, now, what's your feeling, you know, because of the new movie, and do you think with your auction, there's going to be those that that's what they're thinking. I mean, they're they're going in. They're going to be buying pieces because of the new movie coming out. Because your auction is before the movie. I mean, is do you think that's going to happen? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Uh, do you think that? Oh no, no. I, I we have a feeling. Our our guess is that we're going to have everything from one end of the spectrum to the other. You're going to have people that are just speculating that are thinking, "I'm going to buy this today." You know, a little less than a week before the film comes out, the movie's going to come out. It's going to be a hit. All the old stuff's going to go through the roof, and I'll double my money in a matter of weeks. And that may very well happen. Then you're going to have your collectors that are there that are just looking, you know, they want these pieces for their collection. They may be new collectors that, you know, are just getting into it. They may be older ones that are filling in a few pieces. Could be anything there. All the way down to, I think we're going to have people that are just there buying Christmas presents for their boyfriends or their girlfriends or their grandkids or whoever, and they just want something that's a little bit different and unique, that they know that you know you don't have to worry about them getting five of these this year because that's the hot thing in the store. It's getting them something really special. And I think that's what's really cool because this could be like a, a good holiday shopping place, one stop possibly even for some people. Um, oh, yeah, very much so. Now, do you have, uh, just out of recollection, do you have uh, any of the fast food Star Wars items like Burger King? I think they did glassware at one time. I can't remember which phase, you know, uh, either the uh, first trilogy or second trilogy. I mean, uh, do you have any of that kind of stuff? I mean, because I know some people just collect that, you know, fast food uh, uh, pop they culture. They do. The, those are, are fairly common 
Okay. And we've we've had them, you know, come through from time to time. I don't think we've got any in this yet, but that's not to say that something won't turn up. But Burger King actually did the glasses. They did a set of four glasses for each of the three films. And it was really nice, you know, the artwork that they did for these, particularly the first one, the Star Wars glasses, it was really nice custom artwork that they had somebody do. I mean, it was it was really well done. And for the first ones, and I'd love to have a set of these myself, you don't see them too often, but they also had promotional posters. Oh, boy. That came out at that time. I believe they were like two by three, and they had the same artwork as the glasses. Wow. And I remember having those as a kid. There was like a C-3PO, R2-D2, a Luke and Leia, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, and then a Darth Vader. Wow. More they did. But those, those are really nice. And we do run across those from time to time, but I don't think there's any of those in this auction either. I think it's just strictly movie posters. Now, is your partner, John, going to be be, uh, be able to behave himself? I mean, because he is a huge collector. <laughs> I mean, I, isn't he? I mean, he's like a re- really, really big Star Wars collector, right? He is. He, he kind of comes and goes and, and waves depending on what he's looking at. He has already threatened to buy some things. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. But, you know, I mean, we have people that are helping us out with the auction. And, you know, one thing we tell them is, you know, you're welcome to bid just like anybody else. But, you know, wow. you don't get preferential treatment. You're going to have a number and you're going to be, wow. you know, raising your hand with everybody else at the same time. So, wow. Now, be prepared. Now, it's free to get in, right? I mean, if you just want to be a looky-loo, you can come and look at look at this, right? I mean, you don't you don't have to bid, correct? Absolutely. I mean, if you just want to bring the kids down there and have them pose with the stormtroopers and take a look at the stuff and go home before the auction ever happens, you can do that from noon to two. Okay, so that's your your step ahead of me. I was going to say, when do the uh, the doors open for the the ins- what, what is the correct term? Is it inspection, a preview uh, of the items? Well, they they usually refer to the the uh, time before the auction is the preview and registration phase. Okay. So, so yes, that would be from noon to two on Sunday, and then it probably at two p.m. we'll start auctioning off items because with, with two hundred or so items, we're going to have to do that because even the, this guy Rick that we have who's the auctioneer, he's pretty fast, but we're still you know we don't want to keep people there all night. So right now we'll, we'll have to get moving. Now you're you're holding this where you hold Retorama pop culture. Uh, or toy show, convention show, you, you, is it being held in the same place, correct? Correct. It's at the Ramada Conference Center, which is 3130 Hartley Road in Jacksonville. That's the Mandarin area. It's basically the corner of San Jose Boulevard and Interstate 295. All right. And, wow. I mean, so noon till 2 is the pre-time, and once the auction starts, there's really no way to tell how long I could take, right? I mean, it, it could take hours, right? Yeah, I mean, just it all depends on the number of items, how long it takes to you know do the bidding on them. Most auctioneers can can get through, you know, or probably you know an item in one to two minutes. And of course, you know, you, you've got John and I there who are very knowledgeable on the product. We'll be helping him describe everything, so things should flow pretty smoothly. But you know, sometimes an auction can take you know several minutes if you've got you know multiple different people bidding against each other on it. You just never know, and, you know, it just takes a little bit more time to, to go through things. So we, we estimate, and this is just nothing other than a, a guesstimate, but we estimate that it'll probably take about three hours 
okay. to go through everything. You know, if, if it takes longer, then it takes longer. I mean, we, we could be there all night if we have to. As we've told people, the auction is over when the last action figure leaves the building. Whoa. Now, just a behind-the-scenes question. Have you done a dry run yet with the auctioneer? And, you, you know, you got to have a handler or two who's bringing up the item and taking the item off and then, you know, having it tagged for whoever won it. Um, have you done a dry run yet? We have not. We will probably do that on Sunday. I've, I've known this particular auctioneer for a while. I've never actually worked with him in an official capacity before, but I've seen his style, so I kind of know what to expect. John and I will be the people functioning as the handlers with the items because, you know, there, there's nobody else in that room probably that knows them better than we do. So, right. you know, we'll be able to grab the stuff, you know, give a, a brief description of it to the audience and then go from there. So I think we ought to be able to get a pretty good rhythm going uh, right off the bat. See, that's one of the things I love about, you know, the real world auctions opposed to the, you know, the online is I love seeing it play out because it's theater and, and just seeing how the whole thing goes. And when it, and when, and when you know everybody's working together like that, it's just, it's beautiful. It's magic because it just moves, you know, and you got that energy going and everything. And uh, it's just amazing to me that, it, that it, it, it happens and it comes off and it's always fun, even if you're not bidding, uh, watching something like this. It really is. This, this is our first Star Wars auction, but we've done some other, you know, auctions for different types of collectibles. And, and they're always, I mean, with us, there's, there's a good banter that develops between us. I mean, we, we have a lot of fun. You can tell everybody's enjoying themselves. You know, we, we try to make it a good time for everybody. It's like you said, it, it's more theater, more of a performance almost than it is, you know, a mechanical auction like what you would go through with eBay. And the nice thing about this is everything that we're selling is going to be right there in that room. You can inspect it before you buy it. There shouldn't be any, you know, surprises when you get it home. It's not like eBay where you're getting a pig in the poke and, yeah. you know, you don't know when you get that thing home that it's actually missing something or, you know, it's different than what you expected. Or one of the big things, one of the things I dislike about eBay is because I, I have issue with smoke, you know, with smoke residue. And... Uh, if you in the real world, you can you can tell you know a good your nose isn't going to lie to you, and you can tell if it's been exposed and heavy, you know, excessive. Uh, and you won't know that when you buy it from eBay and you open up the until you open up the box. <laughs> and, and, no, and, and I'll tell you something I've been personally a victim of with that. That's even worse than my way of thinking. You can have somebody that acquires an item from outside their home. You know, and so when they get it, it has no smoke residue on it. It's fine. But then they bring it into their house where they do smoke. Oh, yeah. And they sell it on eBay. And maybe it's only been in that house for a week. But then they're putting it into a box and with packing material. And I found that packing material seems to pick up that smoke smell even worse than the item itself. So now that thing's been trapped in that box with that smell. I mean, it's almost like you're marinating it. Yep. You know, when you send it to somebody, and so it, by the time it gets to you, it smells even worse than when it left their house. That that happened to me with a Marx figure, a uh, uh, Gold Knight, that I, uh, an original mm. that I wanted uh, to add back to the collection. And I was so disappointed when I, you know, I got the, it. was just like that. You're describing it. And fortunately, a friend of mine, a collector, he didn't care. You know, he's like, oh, I don't care. And so, you know, we did, we did a trade. I didn't get a, another night out of it, but... I didn't replace that that guy, you know, uh, and I still haven't to this day. But I, uh, you know, that thought when I opened up that package and that smell just, you know, it it was exactly what you're talking about. The packaging was the culprit as well, you know. So, 
Wow. Now, you can't really do it like if this was a box figure or something because you don't want to damage the, the cardboard. But if, it's, if you just had, say, a loose night and that was the problem, you can try sometimes uh, spraying a little bit of Febreze on a cloth Ooh. and just wiping it down. You know, don't, don't go crazy. Don't soak them in it or anything. But just wipe it down, let it sit outside or somewhere that's very well ventilated for a few hours after that and then check it. And if it seems like that's removed some of the spell, reapply that a couple of times. Interesting. To it, you know, be, being careful to make sure that you know it's not affecting the paint or anything. But I, I have had some very good luck with that in cutting down most of, if not all, of the odor. See, Ed, we're going to have to have you on a, a separate show just talking about collectibles. You know, uh, because <laughs> I could talk to you for hours about that because you and I have similar loves of the marks and the ideals and and uh, Hasbro, uh, GI Joes, and things like that. And Migos, of course, we we can't forget the Migos. Uh, and I just love to talk to you about that. And, uh, you know, that's anytime, what, Patrick, you, you know, you didn't take much to wind me up. Well, <laughs> that is true. That's true. You, you are my jack in a box, you know, just crank in and <laughs> boom, you pop right out. <laughs> so let's see. The auction starts at two, but the, the preview starts at noon and be prepared to stay a little bit late. If you plan on bidding, that'd be the best way to put it. Correct. And, you know, the, there's no real order to how things will be sold. We, we have the lots marked for our own internal uh, auditing. But, you know, as far as it's not like we're going to go, you know, this is item one, two, three, four. Oh. We don't do it like that. It's just going to be, you know, random. But, you know, if people have certain requests, we always try and, and work that out with them if we can. If they can't stay, they can always leave what's called a left bid oh, okay. for something. They can sign up with that, and then that will be taken into consideration when we reach the point where that particular item is sold. Now, I was going to ask you, are you going to have a, uh, a uh, program that has a listing as you're going down, you know, because some I've been to auctions have, you know, item one is going to be sold and the next one's item two, and uh, are you doing that at all, list, or it's, you know, whatever the auctioneer decides to uh, pull up next on the stage is the way it's going? And, and that's pretty much how it will be because we, we have talked to the auctioneer. He's given us some, you know, advice on his recommendations as far as doing things. And, you know, it, it's one thing to expect at an auction that, you know, certain types of things may not sell. And, you know, if we've got, you know, 10 different things of a certain line and they're not selling, we may just pass on the whole thing and move on to something else at that point just, just to keep things moving. And, and possibly you might bundle things, too. I've seen that done from time you know from time to time where you'll add you'll put item a and b together you know that uh and and sell them that way if a didn't sell you know and you think b but, is yeah, weak that's a that's a possibility but probably not going to happen too much at this particular auction just because these types of items i mean each one of them sort of speaks for itself good so it's not you know i mean it, it is a collectible it, it's a kind of thing that has its own merits so you know, it's not really, you know, if you mix it with something else, we're not, I guess what I'm saying is we're not really trying to get rid of these things to where we want to, okay. to do something like that. So yeah, it's we not, probably just pass on it and sell it at another auction. It's not like a house liquidation, you know, where somebody's, uh, no. an estate liquidation. It's not like that at all. No, and we had, uh, one of the last auctions we did, we was a KISS auction for Ooh. the band, and... We picked up a collection on that, and this person just—I mean, there. When we talk about Star Wars, this person had stuff you'd never even believe they'd make for Kiss. I mean, he had Kiss diecast cars. Oh my! <laughs> that were on the you know 
on the packaging. Oh, you know, I mean, just kiss incense burners, uh, kiss Christmas lights. I mean, just everything. You know, little trinkety things like that. But then it was all the way up to like a Paul Stanley autographed guitar. Oh boy. That, that, that was the other end of the spectrum. He had a few original KISS concert posters from the 70s. You know, he had the original trading card, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it was all over the board. Now, for the, the higher quality items like that, obviously we're not going to bundle, you know, say, a, a group of Christmas lights with a Paul Stanley guitar. But when it got into some of that smaller and more esoteric stuff, yeah, we, we, were, we were literally selling those cars by the box load. Oh, my Because goodness. he had that, you know, he probably had two or 300 of those cars. Oh boy, oh that's pretty neat. I, I I like hearing that. That's pretty cool. Love to see that kiss one. That <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, I'm, that was different. You know, there again, that's you know when you get into Star Wars, I can talk to you about that all day long. Kiss, I remember the group. I liked listening to them, but I was not that much into the memorabilia. So I I was you know kind of a little bit deer in the headlights. Oh, now, <laughs> during wait, that one with a lot of this no, stuff. Now wait a second. I, I I'm trying to envision a young little Ed. Are you telling me when you were like oh I'm taking like seventh grade, you didn't have the Kiss belt buckle? I, I may have had a Kiss Army belt buckle. I won't swear that I didn't have that. But that that was pro- that and a few records were the extent of my Kiss collection. I will say, I do I do wish in retrospect I had those twelve inch Mego figures. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I mean about. Th- those those. I mean aside from the fact that they're incredibly rare, as everyone knows, and hard to get. I mean if you see those things up close, that was those were some of the nicest figures yes. that Mego ever made, and that's saying something because they made a lot of nice figures. Yes. Yes. And, you know, you're one of the few people I know uh, that knows about those, actually. And because yeah, they're like, Kiss me, uh, yeah. <laughs> so some people like, no, they try to argue with me at times. I'm like, no, they did. They made the, the big ones, and they, they, you know, they just, they just don't know about that. And I, I, I will tell you something absolutely bizarre, Patrick, that you've probably never heard before, and I swear to you it's true. I can show you a picture and prove it. There, there are prototypes that exist, but. Before Nico decided to discontinue the KISS line after those four figures, they had actually intended to make accessory sets to go with them. What? And you might think, well, what kind of accessory sets would you make for KISS? Like maybe a bandstand or mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe actual instruments so that you didn't have those cardboard ones you had to cut out of the back of the box. <laughs> the, one, the one prototype that I had seen was a KISS Goes Camping set. No. No. Yes, and this this came with an inflatable tent, sleep sleeping bags, a little uh, raft, like you would paddle around in the lake. And the really funny thing about this was everything that I've just described to you was made out of a blood red vinyl. Oh. I mean, it is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I can't believe it even made the prototype stages at Vigo, but. Wow, that was just, that, that was that was a real shocker when I first saw that. I was like, "Wow, I don't know where they were going with this." But. That yeah, um, yeah that that is that is bizarre. <laughs> well, maybe someday you'll find something like that, Ed. Who knows? It happens. You do turn up prototypes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. didn't you have like a prototype uh, six million dollar man arm or something that they tried to market? Uh, uh, Bionic arm. Their blue, their blueprints yeah. to a model that was supposed to be made by Fun Dimensions, who owned the rights to make $6 million man uh, model kits. But this was supposed to be an actual uh, life-size arm, 
but bionic, and then you could take a, you know, remove panels from it, and there was wiring and things underneath. And what's so funny about the, the blueprint is there's a note on there that they had to include a toolkit <laughs> with this to, to, you know, work on the arm, because otherwise they felt that it would look too much just like a regular human arm. It was too graphic. Oh, jeez. The, somehow adding, you know, a screwdriver and a wrench and whatever <laughs> in there, that, that made it all right. Oh, my. Do you still have those blueprints? Yes, I do. Are, now, are those, is that something down the road you're going to sell at uh, an event, or is that a personal collection item? Right now, it's a personal collection item, but as you know, you know any, anything is possible. Yes, I, I know, I know. And uh, we, won't, uh, we won't clutter this interview with talking about what's going to happen in February. I'm going to save that. Uh, discussion for after the auction. Um, we have an open mic for you for that, and we can talk about then what is happening in February. That sounds like a plan, and of course there'll be lots of stuff happening, and as soon as we get through this auction, we're going to be full speed ahead on uh, the next Retro Rama show. Oh, and I can't wait. Uh, we're still invited, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we wouldn't have it without you. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. I look forward to it. Tell John I said hi, and may the force be with him. Um, I, I think you're probably the Jedi, and he's the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all a matter of perspective. They're both sides of the same coin. But get this, I didn't call either one of you Jar Jar Binks. Oh, thank you very much. Now, I would have taken a personal uh, insult for that one. Misa likes that. Please. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that, that's, you, you know, I think Star Wars fans everywhere have, like, suppressed memories of him just trying to ignore that that ever happened. So I'm sincerely, I'm sincerely hoping in this new movie that they just sort of ignore that he ever existed. It's all just a bad dream like Bobby Ewing dying on Dallas. Now, I, I will do this not to upset somebody, but I will tie Jar Jar Binks to a, a current movie, and it's not Star Wars. When I saw the Batman versus Superman extended trailer, when I saw the scenes with Lex Luthor, I thought we have our new Jar Jar Binks. For the 21st oh, I've, century. I have not seen those, but that, that sounds like a frightening proposition. I'm like, I, I have now seen the rebirth of Jar Jar Binks. And uh, I don't mean to upset anybody who likes Jesse Eisenberg, but I, I was like, wow, Jar Jar lives. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gee. And I, I hate to think that of Lex Luthor because, you know, he's one of history's great villains. So. Yes, he is. And, you know, although I think they, rede- well, they might get away with it a little bit, I think this is supposed to be Lex Luthor's son. Uh, Alexander. So, even though that's not okay. really public yet, and they they will have some twists and ties to that we will talk about that after the auction. You and I, Ed. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a plan, Patrick. All right, buddy. I appreciate you inviting the Riley and Kimmy show. We look forward to this big auction event. And Kimmy's making me behave, but I I, I I'll try to not behave. And we will be there for sure. And we'll put links right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com for your auction or frontier auctions correct frontiers final frontier auction yes there we go final frontiers auction we'll have the uh, website and facebook uh, links right on our website at rileyandkimmy.com thank you ed for being part of the riley and kimmy show thank you patrick and i'm looking forward to seeing you on sunday we would be honored if you would join us that's right join us this sunday in jacksonville florida big thank you to uh, ed tucker taking some time out of actually going through that inventory even though he didn't kind of mention that on this you know this interview, I, I know that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get all that stuff. Can you imagine trying to do that, Kimmy? Wow. Getting all that stuff together. Uh-huh. And I tell you what, that movie poster he was talking about Ooh. from 1977, that alone will be worth just going to see. Mm-hmm. Now, 
as Ed stressed, and I, I want to point this out too, you don't have to bid on anything. This will be really cool just to see the stuff. And you can go ahead of time, as Ed pointed out, there's a two-hour preview where you can look over the items, look at them, and you might actually see something there and go, hey, you know, I kind of, I do want to bid on, on bid on that lot, that that right there, that item, and that, that might be a, a good thing. Or another cool thing with this is, especially if you have younger Star Wars fans in your family or or friends, uh, take them and say, hey, I played with that, I had that, and oh my, that is worth probably a lot. And that, that I think that'd be the cool part, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Kimmy, did you ever have Star Wars toys? Um. You know, I don't know if I had Star Wars toys um, when I was a kid, but we, you know, we've definitely had, I've definitely collected them as an adult. Um, I remember having the poster on my, on my door in my room. Was it the classic with Luke Skywalker with his hands up in the lightsaber and that that one? Okay. It was that one. Mm Mm-hmm. You had that in college? Is that what you said? No, when I was a kid. Oh, okay. I had that when I was a kid. I don't remember having any toys didn't you have the trading cards oh i did have the i had the poster and i had the trading cards i had the bubble gum cards yeah i did i used to you don't you mean they're not in those boxes no what was wrong with you i know kimmy well there might be some trading cards in jacksonville i don't know hmm. i have no idea there okay could be, i mean there's a possibility who knows what uh, ed and john and others have found at this event you know with final frontiers auctions it could be a big surprise. Mm-hmm. Now, is there any character that you really like that you'll be tempted on? I mean, is there one over another of the Star Wars uh, myths that uh, you'll say, okay, I kind of really want that kind of character, something from of that character? Mm, I don't know. It's hard to pick. So you don't have a favorite Star Wars character? Well, it's hard to pick. Oh, jeez, Jar Jar Binks? No. Oh, I'm just just checking here. I, no. I didn't know if you were one of Jar Jar. No. You're, you're not a Jar Jar fan. No. Okay. Well, so you're not going to cosplay as Jar Jar no. this coming Sunday. Are you sure now? Mm-hmm. You're positive. Okay. I just want to make sure here. I didn't know if maybe you were going to, you know, cosplay. I, th- I have a feeling you're going to. I guess I, I liked Han Solo. Han Solo is your favorite. Okay. Didn't. I didn't know that. I, I, yeah. Okay. I have to admit. Uh, Han Solo was Kimmy's favorite. Not mine. <laughs> Any clue? Who was yours? Who do you think was mine, Kimmy? Luke? No. Lord, Vader. Lord Vader. Come on now. Vader was my favorite. But you don't like villains. Generally not. No. But I, I did like Vader. Okay. I, did, I do like Luke, of course. But, mm-hmm. you know, conflict there. Just think about it. Mm. Oh, my. What's going to happen with this new movie, too? And by the way, if you'd like to talk about the new movie, some speculations and stuff, talk nerd with us. Ed kind of mentioned a little bit of that. Talk nerd with us. We will be set up at this big event, the Final Frontiers Vintage Star Wars Auction. Uh, big thank you to the promoter, Ed, and also John and the others for inviting us there. And we will be talking nerd with people. Uh, hopefully that is you. Tell us uh, maybe some stories where you saw Star Wars for the very first time. Maybe uh, it was Empire Strikes Back you saw for the first time or Phantom Menace or even, uh, you know, Return of the Sith. Could mm-hmm. be. Or maybe one of the cartoons. Maybe one of the animated pieces was the first thing. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. And, you know, I'm just curious real quick here. Did you see the movie when it was first released? Can you, when I say the, the first movie, I mean Episode 4. Uh, yes, New Hope. I did. You, see, you saw it when it was first released. Yes. First days or so when it was mm-hmm. released? I think so. Uh, did you go with a family? Or, and I was kind of curious what draw, you know got you there. I mean, what 
urged you? I don't know if I went with a brother or a friend the first time. Did you see it multiple times? I I did see it multiple times. Okay. I probably saw it two to three times at least. Probably two, probably three times. Okay. Well, that's better than what our uh, one friend in uh, that hometown area of yours who I worked for, uh, he had never seen and still has never seen Star Wars. Mm. He's a lot older than we are. Mm. And he's never seen it. Matter of fact, when... uh, uh, a number of years ago, we lived up up there, if you'll remember. His son, Jason, uh, was like six years old and wanted to see Star Wars. It was coming out for the very first time. No, not the, you know, the relaunch of the next trilogy, uh, mm. Phantom Menace. He wouldn't take him to the movie. Wow. And didn't want us to expose him to Star Wars. Uh-huh. It was just, he was just weird that way. I, I still don't get it. Talked to him a few days ago. I go, have you seen Star Wars? No. <laughs> yep. I remember where I saw it. Really? And uh, where'd you see it? It was a, a new theater at the time. Oh, you saw it at a brand new theater? That's kind of Brand nice. new theater, but it wasn't even those stadium theaters yet. It was really nice at the time, but in, in today's standards, it would be like uh, Pre- one of those dollar theaters, Pre- maybe. The prehistoric theater. If it were still open. But it, did it look like the Flintstones theater where they drove up with the the car? and with It the, wasn't a drive-up. <laughs> okay. It was, yeah. it was an indoor. All right. Yeah. So that was your first memory. Yes. Now, we will be seeing Star Wars on opening evening, uh-huh. and we are also part of well, a double Star Wars event coming up, which we'll be talking about later on. Uh, we've been uh, invited through Mike's Comics in Orlando, and we'll be part of those uh, two-day-slash-night events. Uh, we'll have more information about that coming up in Central Florida, and be sure to check out our Facebook page and you know other social media. We'll keep you updated with that, and you can find that. What is our address where all our social media is located at, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com The circuit is now complete. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 